and welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Aloha mai kako, you are listening to Native Stories podcast. Mahalo for listening in. Ova ona nea lo ko inoa no papakule Oahu maeau, no ao ma kaimuki. I'm Nanea Lo from Papakole Oahu, now living in Kaimuki. Today we have Marie Alohalani Brown, Belina Mai, and Marie Alohalani Brown. Belina Mai. So she will be talking about two sections here at Pu'uhuluhulu Hale Ho'ahu, or the storehouse, and Hale Ho'olako, the supply house, or Hale for receiving donations here. Um, and this is another another episode of what I call the Mauna series, where we're here live on Moko, Keawe, or Hawaii Island, holding space in solidarity with the Kia'ian protectors of Mauna Awakea, a sacred mountain in the peaceful protest against the 30-meter telescope that has been granted access to be built. Mauna Kea is also the largest mountain in the world and the biggest water aquifer in the Paiaina o Hawaii or, or the islands of Hawaii. And so we're going to have um, Maria Lohalani Brown introduce herself. So here we go. Um, I grew up in Makaha, but I've been living on this island for uh, the island of Hawaii for three years. And my family originates from Ho'okena on uh, this island, Moko'okeave. I am a professor at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, faculty for the religion department, and specialist in Hawaiian religion. Mahalo. So, um, what specifically brought you here to Pu'uhuluhulu, and have you, did, were you here in 2015 as well? Well, like many other OEV, I am dedicated to... Um, are different causes. So in 2015, I did visit the Mount Mauna a couple of times. Um, so when the opportunity, when this opportunity arose, when the kahea went out, when Kahokahi um, Kanuha sent out the call, I immediately came to the meeting um, about a month ago at Spencer Park, and then gathered up my supplies and came here the next day on Saturday. And it's been 32 days now that I've been sleeping on the Mauna. Wow. Have you been um, going back and forth from your house or just full-time? No, full-time. Full-time holding space on the Mauna. So I, in the beginning we had a tent, then I slept in my car. Now they supplied me with a pop-up camper. And so as part of my kuleana, I work 12 to 16 hours a day um, taking care of all the donations that come in from from across the Paiaina of Hawaii, but also from Turtle Island. So places as like Seattle, um, Arizona, people sending in donations from everywhere. Wow. Um, so for the two hale, did it originate as just one hale and then it kind of birthed into two? Or how did that kind of come about? Well, what happened was there were so many donations. It was overwhelming. And then we decided that to be more effective, we needed to separate one hale, the hale ho'olako, which means to supply. We would keep the bedding, so tents, tarps, anything like that for um, keeping our kanaka dry. And then um, clothing to um, keep them warm. And all the plate goods, the cleaning goods, all of those kind of paper goods would then go into the haliho'ahu. Um, for the donations, 
have people also like the people who've been coming and camping out do can they give you their kind of things that they don't want or they feel that they want to donate if um for other folks coming in and yeah so we're trying to be very conscious about uh, preserving our resources and not taxing too much the people who donate things so the point is is to come to the mauna prepared you need to bring your own ukana, your own supplies. But if something is missing, if it rains, if it if the if it rains and your supplies get wet, then we can furnish you new supplies until your own dry. When the high winds came, then if your tent blows over, we can help you get that back up by either giving you another tent or a tarp to um, repair whatever was broken. And then people, once we give supplies, we tell them, well, when you go off the mauna, return them to us. We really want to preserve and honor the commitment and sacrifices that people make when they donate their own belongings or go and buy others. I explained to everyone there's an idea that this is a Kanaka Costco. That idea is, for me, erroneous because this Haleho Olako and Haleho Ahu serve a sacred purpose. These are things that people who cannot come to the Mauna they donate these things so that they can be a part of this experience and help us. And that is very important because without these donations, whether it's food, bedding, whatever, we could not continue to occupy this sacred space. So the Hale Ho'olako serves a sacred purpose. All of the things that are donated that then we um, give to others is so that we, Kanaka, and our allies can continue to hold this sacred space. Awesome. Um, can you talk about the education here at the two spaces and how it helps to contribute to, yeah, the overall functioning of Pu'uhuluhulu? Yes. Well, one of the things, for example, is is rectifying the notion that this is like a goodwill or Salvation Army or Kanaka Costco and reminding people that we have a purpose here. Every hale, every thing on in this refuge has a sacred purpose so that's part of the education right our different aims our different causes to um, acquire our sovereignty maintain our sovereignty one of the things also is not to waste to take very good care um, of whatever it is that we have um what else after hours, the store runs from 8 o'clock um, in the morning to 8 p.m. After that, it becomes I call what, what I call ohana hours. So different people come in. There's a heater there. We talk story. Um, we discuss our experiences for the day. And it's a gathering to remind people that we are ohana. Yeah? We are ohana, and it's important that we remember that. So... Hale Ho'olako also contributes to Ea education in reminding us that we are one people and that we have different kuleana. And sometimes people need to be reminded for simple things like saying aloha when you come into the store or saying mahalo or honi auntie when you come in, yeah, all the different aunties and things. So it's reminding everyone of old school, what I call old school education when I grew up. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know that I've been walking in and out, and actually one of my ho'opili 
she camped out and it rained one night and her tent is actually pretty thin mm. so she had to go into um the store and ask if she could borrow a tarp because it was just soaked so she was hoping that it would dry out throughout the day and I know that really helped and she was really thankful to have that um that's just one personal experience from one of my friends that I saw and also some of the other folks that I met here who are um, Mahu, I see that they've been contributing over there, and it's kind of I'm the house mother. I'm one of the house mothers around with, um, along with Kalani Young for the Mahu tent. Yeah, yeah. So we we just interviewed um, Kala Johnson, mm -hmm. and he was explaining that you are the house mo mother <laughs> for it. So in some ways, um, I feel like yeah, it's a little refuge. It is. Besides the uh, Hale Mana Mahu, um, can you talk about? I don't know, I guess the little community too over there. Right. Okay, so um, as far as my personality goes, my personality goes is I'm fiercely loyal to those who are often persecuted and or misunderstood. And so I tend to gather them under my wing or befriend them. I guess that's how I got into the Haleomahu, <laughs> apart from the fact that Kahala Johnson and Mahilani Ahia are my, are my dear friends. But I think I'm good at that, um, networking with people and um, helping everybody understand that we're all connected. So at, in Ohana night, you'll find people of different ages um, uh, who think of themselves as belonging to different groups. But when they come together in the, hale, in the hale ho Olako at night to talk story or even play chess, we're learning how to play chess there. Um, I think they realize that we have more in common than we are different. And so that's what I try to look for. I try to look when I, when I um, interact with others is I seek to understand what do we have in common. And that's how you build bridges of understanding. There will always be differences. But if we look for commonalities, then it's easier and we become stronger as a people. Yeah. I love that. I know a lot of um, the interviews that I've been doing, everyone talks about relations and how we're re-solidifying that with our Lahui. Mm. Um, they talk about the healing that is going on every day. And I see that in the Tuhale. I mean, even though you guys are, you know, helping supply, like it's a very, very functional space. It's a hanai, yeah. you know? So even though it might be material goods, it's still that idea of hanai to feed, to nourish. So I might be nourishing your body and your spirit by keeping you warm and dry. So it's still hanai, yeah? And when we need that, right, we need to remember what's going to be really hard when we go off the mountain is when, you know, when I walk into a store and I say aloha to somebody, it's not going to be somebody maybe that I know who says, oh, auntie, I love you. It's going to be a very different, it's going to be back to a type of where we don't know everybody, a situation like that. Here on the mountain, we're all getting to know each other. We're, we really are family. Yeah, it's going to be hard. <laughs> I see that as I see that as well. Like I've been asking um, the people that have been coming on, what do you envision afterwards? So I guess 
since we kind of leeway into that, mm-hmm. did you want to speak on that? Well, what I envision is that everyone that I've come into contact with on the Mauna, that we will have a different relationship from here on, even if we encounter each other, for example, in the university where I'm Dr. Brown and it's a bit more formal, there will still be that element. I will always be an auntie. I will always be a kupuna for them. Yeah, and they will always be um, my family. So I think we needed that. Like you said earlier, it's part of the healing to know, yeah, that we are all loved, that we are all special. Yeah. So that's what I envisioned that going forth, each one of us would be that kukulu, that pillar that can go forth and spread that idea of aloha, that, uh, that, that love. Yeah. Not the tourist kind of aloha, that deep, deep attachment in your na'au to your fellow oevi we need to continue that because we all are still healing from generations of historical trauma Ayo, i definitely agree with that um that's another thing that's been coming up is healing yeah healing from that trauma but pushing forward together and it's such a gratifying thing um so you mentioned that yeah, you're you're a doctor. You teach at the university. Do you also teach um, some classes at Pu'ulu University? Yes, I do, and I enjoy it because really it is an indigenous place of learning. That our 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 approach to interacting with each other in this university is what the University of Hawaii at Manoa should be like, an indigenous place of learning where where people can contribute, sit in the open space, and actually experience the elements that that I teach about, for example. So yes, I have taught several classes, um, whether it's about um, what is Hawaiian religion, decolonizing Hawaiian religion, the value of mo'olelo as archives of ike kupuna, or whatever else. Um, It's something that I really enjoy doing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been kind of busy over here, but I have seen you teach some classes. What is an average class at Pu'uhulu University look like for you? Like how much people come? Does it vary day by day or that kind of thing? Um, there will be at least 10 people, sometimes maybe even 15 or 20. And I really appreciate them because it's not easy to sit under the rain or um, the sun on the lava without chairs. And people come. And, and that's what makes me feel so good, that people are coming because they actually want to be there, not because they're earning credits for a degree. And most of the people here, they're not always Hawaiian. Most of them are, but they're sincerely interested. And so... It's just a different type of learning and teaching setting, and it just gratifies me immensely. One of the things that I find hardest about teaching about Ho'omana Hawaii or Hawaiian religion is doing it within four cement walls. When I'm talking about the elements, which are our kua, our, our, our deities, we're, we're cut off from them. It's a more natural setting to teach what I teach. Yeah, I agree. I love the fact that Pu'uhuluhulu University, like there are some classes that are taught under a tent, but that everybody kind of wants it in the open. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I feel if you all have not experienced and if you have the time to come up and experience that, because actually learning in the elements is a lot freeing and wholesome piha experience. I know that when I first came here, I went to a class and it was outside. And when we, when I was walking over there, there was a malahini that was going to go to the class. And she's like, oh, it's outside. She was kind of like 
bewildered in a sense. But, but all of our education has come most of the time for, for generations, countless generations. We learn things by doing makahana ka'ike. So when you're in the lo'i, you learn in the lo'i. When, you, when you're fishing, you learn the fishing. When you're carving a, a ki'i or a pahu or whatever, you might have a hale, but it's open. We have always lived in close association with our environment. Yeah? Yeah. So... I love that it's breaking barriers for even like, you know, people who have been constricted to thinking in a box, literally and learning in a box mm -hmm. and kind of breaking down those constraints and being like, yeah, hey, you know, we're going to learn actual textbook stuff in the open because this is what we have. And, you know, and we've been doing this all this whole time for too long. Our connection, our 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 intimate connection with our environment, with with the land, has been interrupted by Western ways of, of being and knowing that were imposed upon us, including these thick walls, right? So that's what's so exciting about Pu'uhuluhulu is that we are coming back and living in one with our environment and getting to know the elements and the changes of the seasons. That's what's so exciting. And what is more Ea than that? Yes, yes. I love that we're talking about this because in the other interviews, I guess we didn't really talk about how that's instrumental in the A education and in learning. Well, all of our ways, all of the Oevi ways and of knowing and being come from living one in one with the environment. Think about it. Our cultural practices, our religion, our, our, our intellectual practices, it all arises out of the Aina. So what happens when we're cut off from it? We're cut off from our, our Makua, yeah? Yes, definitely. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask is, I know that you do have um, allies working in the two spaces as well. Yes. Can you share a little bit about that and how, actually we have plenty allies, people coming from all over, you know, sharing space and helping out whenever they can. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. So the person who helps me run the tents and is now actually in charge of whole Ahu, the storehouse, is Kat Murphy. And she was raised in um, on a reservation. I forget the name of um, the people um, to whom that reservation belongs. But she is a genius at organizing. And so she's been instrumental working also 12 hours every day for almost a month now. And so because of her, I'm also able to attend ceremonies, um, the ceremonies three times a day. But she's exceptional, really. She really personifies what a good ally looks like or, or what they can do to contribute. Yeah. Yeah. So all you folks out here that want to support and if you guys are feeling like kind of iffy of coming up to the Mauna because you're not Native Hawaiian, we welcome everybody, all shapes, colors, sizes, backgrounds to experience and stand with us in solidarity to protect our aina, our Mauna. Um, also, so we talked a little about everything really. Um, maybe we can talk about how do people, if they come to Pu'uhuluhulu, do they just go directly to the spaces and, and ask if they can help? Or 
How does that work for volunteering? Okay. All right, so the first thing is that we encourage people to stop by the welcome tent, the welcome slash information tent, and then they um, get a little, um, an introduction that's very helpful to making them feel comfortable. Then after that, you really can go to each of the tents and say, do you need some help with something? We really do appreciate that. And it's re I really recommend going from tent to tent and, and having the experience of doing a couple of hours of volunteer work at all the tents. We've all done Lua duty. Lua means bathroom. So we have our um, porta potties. We all do Lua duty. It's very humbling and it's very good for you to be humbled like that <laughs> we have the cleanest Lua's ever so yeah please come down we welcome all for for all of you who like us have moved here live here or grown up here we should all be very concerned about protecting our sacred land and our resources please remember that yes there is so much going on not only with Mauna Awakea with all kind of things happening with our water rights, with other land struggles on Haleakala. So there's so much to do and so much to help out. Um, look online, Google. Um, so yeah, if they do want to come in contact or if they want to donate, what do you recommend? Um, do you recommend an online resource or where they can specifically go to donate um, any kind of goods? Okay. So if, for example, you are knitting scarves or beanies, then I recommend sending them to Keao Kaha General Store, um, bedding and things like that. Just go ahead and send them to Keao Kaha General Store um, on Moko Keawe, Big Island, and they send them up to us. Other than that, I highly recommend that whatever monies you are going to spend on material goods, that you donate them directly to Kahea. Um, it's really a lot more effective. You know, some days we might have enough bedding, and then after two days there's not enough bedding, and then we have to make another call. When folks can donate monies, even if it's a dollar, five dollars, it doesn't have to be a lot, then we can go and buy those things when we need them. We only have a limited space, so when I get a hundred blankets, I don't have a place to put them. So it's, sometimes it's either feast or famine. Yeah, but but really, all of you, thank you so much for your prayers, your donations, and everything else. Because it wouldn't be possible without you. This truly is a kako thing. Mahalo. Mahalo. Um, also, if you want to follow what's going on here at Puuhulu, you can follow on Instagram at Puuhulu. They have a Facebook as well, and. You can contact them and they will direct you to whatever resources that you need. Um, there's also puuhuluhulu.com um, that you can go on to donate monetary income to Kahea um, and to a few other folks that are involved with this space. Um, so mahalo nui for coming on this podcast with me. Um, Follow us, everyone, on Instagram and on Facebook, Our Native Stories. We have our app out, Native Stories, and you can follow us on podcasts, Native Stories. We look forward to hearing um, for you listening in, and we'll see y'all next time. We'll... Thank you for listening to us on Native Stories. If you have a story you would like us to tell, 
or want to sponsor a future podcast, location story, or walking tour, please email us at info at nativestories.org.